a pox of a beer or a cold libation, I can tell you how I wrote this little theme. I went and took a call from brother Jason, and he tells me that he has a little dream. He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast, and I ask him what you got. He said I'll start off with some talking and some moody clips of popcorn, fighting fantasy explorations and some groundless exploitation. Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxings, full month horror movie marathon. Sometimes I'll let the box come on, contest and of course you know what's all about games. I said slow down, let's just start with the name. It's the Nerds RPG Variety. Welcome back to Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. All this month, I've had guests on to talk about espionage films and games, and it's only fitting that the last guest I have this month is a good friend, Carl Rodriguez, the Gemologist Presents podcast, and he's going to talk about a film series and a spy that we've talked about on and off throughout the month, but we haven't talked specifically about. So, Carl, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, guess you saved the best for last. I'm kidding. There's some awesome guests that you had. Really great, great stuff this year for, uh, for you know, the uh, Deception December mm-hmm. and the Spy stuff. Um, there are definitely some awesome films that people have suggested and some really cool games that I haven't played in a while or played only once or twice that I like to look and revisit. So, yeah, so I'm, I am drinking a beer today. I don't know what you're drinking. We're supposed what? to... No, yeah. What are you drinking, Carl? So I'm drinking Community Honey Citrus Blonde. Community is a brewery out of Dallas here in Texas. And uh, it's a really good, uh, good light blonde with some honey and orange peel notes. A little bitterness. That's not from hops. I know some people are like, oh, hops are gross. But they kind of like a little bit of a bitterness in their beer, right? Even mm-hmm. though that is hops. But this gives it like an orangey peel flavor. So it's a good, good solid brewery, I think. Excellent. Yeah, I'll have to try that sometime. No, I'm I'm just drinking a cup of tea today. I, I've got kind of tired. So like a hot toddy? Tea. No, actually, but believe it or not, it's non-alcoholic. I'm just, it was a little bit, it was Irish breakfast tea. I was a l- little bit tired. Long, okay. Long week. and Yeah, I guess like it's dreary, right? I mean, it's dreary across the country. I think it's either raining and snowing, not a lot of sun places. Yeah, but, gray skies. and Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah, when the sun goes down low, goes down early, relatively speaking, mm-hmm. as we approached. But tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow is the shortest day of the year, right? The uh, winter yeah, solstice. we are recording this on the 20th of December. The yeah. solstice is the 21st or 22nd. I'm not. 21st. Yeah, you're pro- uh, yeah I will go with that, if I believe you. Yeah. Any special um, pagan pagan rites you're participating in? Uh, no, not this year. Not uh, this year, yeah. yeah. Maybe next year. How you come there's know. no like solstice con? Maybe it's too close to Christmas, right? Probably. The attendance probably wouldn't be great. Um, yeah. Maybe it probably wouldn't be. But, but you, you know, it, it's funny because you, you mentioned the, these things, but we're going to talk about games. We're going to talk yes. about games that have undergone the satanic panic. But the game you're going to talk. So so let's talk about games first. Are you doing games first? Okay. Yeah. So because the game you're going to talk about wasn't affected by the satanic panic and it probably wouldn't have been. It would have flown under that radar. Well, it probably would have been promoted during the 80s, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. During the Cold War. Right. So yeah. we're talking about spy games and, and the like. I mean, I don't know. If, I feel like this is an espionage related game, especially the way that I played it and ran it uh, during during the time that I, you know, I did, which was like, uh, I would say late 80s, 
I want to say, uh, well, yeah, I guess see. it was probably late eighties, early nineties for me. That's when I ran it. Right. It it looked so the so I just went the f- quickest thing I found was on Amazon. So the copy on the Amazon says nineteen ninety, but it probably may have been out before that. Um, right. But right. but so it mentions for the supplement, but the original book mm-hmm. was also nineteen ninety. Okay, so they came out pretty quick. But, yeah. So I, what I'm talking about is the uh, is Merck two thousand, which I'm showing here, but. I don't know if you do a YouTube of it. I'm all blurred anyway, because I need to work through it. Well, anyway, so Mark 2000, mm-hmm. which is a supplement for the Twilight 2000 second edition, excuse me, done by Game Designers Workshop, GDW. Frank Chadwick is the author. Lauren K. Weissman is the author on the Mark 2000. And Mark 2000 is a supplement that, that uh, kind of is a role-playing game where a supplement to Twilight 2000, Twilight 2000 being post-apocalyptic what if the world war three had happened but mark 2000 a supplement is like okay world war three didn't happen it's like what's happening today in the late 80s early 90s you know soldier of fortune type you know missions mm-hmm. mercenary type missions and uh and yeah it uses the same system as twilight 2000 that dark conspiracy used that actually traveler the new era used as well and it's a it's actually i was reading all over because i honestly don't remember that being what how long ago is that? Is that like 32 years ago? Yeah. Long time. 32 years ago. And we played it then. And we didn't play the Twilight 2000 because people didn't want to do the World War II thing. Oh, I don't want to start in Poland. And, you know, but, but they love the idea of like soldiers of fortune. I mean, in fact, the crew that we played, uh, they named themselves after a Pantera song, Cowboys from Hell. They had enough money at one point to buy an Osprey and they put like Cowboys from Hell logo. Mm-hmm side they're based out of miami and we kind of delved not only into this which is cool we used you know products from Merc 2000 and the great the great challenge magazine of the day always had an article or two either for Merc or for twilight 2000 that you could easily adapt and um mm-hmm. but we also ran stuff out of uh using millennium zen because it's like the same same kind of genre right, right. so we use miami book we use a car- the medellin cartel book in colombia they did extractions, they did infiltrations, they did like destroying drug type of props and things like that. And and we had a lot of a lot of good adventures uh with it until uh they got unfortunate. So yeah, so it was a pretty brutal and a tough and a and a very deadly system, like most of the Twilight two thousand are mm-hmm. even the fourth edition. But it, it was a pretty simple system, just very quickly uses a D ten. You have a skill or an attribute that you use to be like the the number and you have a difficulty rating easy average difficult impossible and it's a it's either you know easy would be times two your skill rating average is your skill rating difficult half of your skill rating then a quarter of your skill rating and it's all it's all rated like that the skill levels are one through ten right so you can imagine and then but of course you know especially in combat there's modifications you know like moving that shifts you up and down you know, an mm-hmm. easy to difficult thing or aiming, which could make it easy, but then they're running. So you go back to average, you know, stuff like that. And it was still pretty deadly because you don't, you only have like a certain number of hit points based on your attribute, I believe was like a factor of your attribute. And then your body parts had lower, you know, that was all divided by your body parts. Then you had armor, but sometimes that wasn't effective. And so it's still a very deadly system mirroring the fact that, you know, if you get, hey, you might survive a, a pistol shot you get lucky but uh, you're not going to survive a shot from a point blank with an assault rifle if you don't have body armor 
And actually, I think the, the demise, the famous demise of the group, they had started, they had done like a, they, I finally, like towards the end of the campaign, they, they're done pretty well, but they did like, a, they decided to take a job where they had a halo insert somewhere in the South Pacific, uh, maybe even South China Sea or something like that. And it was a total screw job. There was no, there was no extraction and they had to like make their way uh, through the sea. They finally got to the Philippines where they were like, we got to get back, but we don't have any money. We've been totally like wiped. Um, yeah, it was it was kind of weird because it's like it was, you know you expect that early on in the campaign, but I did this kind of later in the campaign. I mm-hmm. guess to throw another challenge because these characters are really really pretty hoss by that level, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they had an osprey. They had you know done a lot of other missions and, and all over the world, you know, from the Middle East to the Caribbean to South America, and then um and they they completed the mission like the screw job. They still completed the mission. And they really wanted revenge. Unfortunately, though, they got caught up in this other mission, trying to make some extra money in the Philippines. And I think what had I told them, I said, once you start bringing out, you know, the big guns, like they had like, you know, the M40 grenade, the grenade launcher, like the auto, you know, that it was like, I think it's, M, it's an M40 grenade launcher. I can't remember the name of the, the actual weapon platform that you can, it's like an automatic shoots grenades, right? Yeah, it's like the Mark 19. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're like Mark 19ing all over the place. So eventually they ran afoul of like Philippine special forces that also had grenade launchers. And then that was they got they actually got ambushed. And that was that was kind of some characters died and we could have continued, but I think some, you know, at some point if you invest in a character, it seems you know, players don't want to play anymore if they invested so much and they don't want to pick up something else. And right. um, which was unfortunate. It would have been a really cool, it was a cool adventure. Uh, but they got they, you know, they're kind of got lost in the jungle somewhere. Um, I guess probably the ones who survived probably would have surrendered and then, you know, it would have been something else because they're like, because they saw a couple of their buddies get, get hit by, you know, grenade shrapnel or sniped. And they're like, okay, we'll just give up. We'll surrender and see what they do and go from there. But, but it was a really good, exciting campaign. It's a really, it was a really neat and simple and lethal system, which is kind of what you want. And uh, there's a fun game to kind of mirror that soldier of fortune espionage in the shadows type of type of, of situation that we kind of grew up with in the cold war in the 80s and early 90s right so, very cool so. yeah i so we played twilight 2000 the original of course i played fourth edition the first too. edition yeah, yeah. And, the, the, and you played the first and fourth but right i guess there's a, there is actually a third edition that i read through and i liked and it was actually um i just never got it to the table i have the book somewhere i think it was like twilight 2013 or something like that. Oh, that sounds yeah. I've never seen that, but that sounds familiar. I I, I think I've heard of that. We we also played Dark Conspiracy throughout the nineties, like right. when I was in the army. Oh, that's like, a, yeah, that's cool. Dark that's Conspiracy. also like a spyish. That's like mm-hmm. a spy, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a yep. Yeah, so and we did get a, we were playing Twilight. We were playing Traveler at the time too. We did dive into the new era. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Um, uh, this is I don't. This is probably not a spoiler for anyone of your listeners that plays Traveler, because at Traveler. Like they did this whole rebellion thing, and then there was this like a um, AI a, a singularity awakening that happened, and the virus and the virus something called the virus took over, and then and then it was like again the third imperium collapsed effectively, and then it was like the wastelands. I guess that's what they wanted to they wanted to get like a wasteland frontier type of feel everywhere again, as opposed to just in one area of the verse. Mm-hmm. And then people people didn't really like. In general, the I, it was not very well received. I would say the rule, okay. the rule, it wasn't the rules at all. It wasn't the rules that are just 
what happened in the timeline. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Right. And people. Well, very, like, yeah, very cool. I, I definitely think this qualifies. And, and it sounds like this would actually match up to some degree with the movies that you wanted to talk about. Because you actually want to talk about a, a series of movies. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm, I'm shocked. And maybe mm-hmm. because that's like an obvious choice, like when we did our sci-fi thing, you know, Aliens, obvious choice, or, or Alien, the movie, where Space mm-hmm. Horror, and The Thing. But uh, yeah, no one's really talked about the Bond films. You know, and, right. and there are, apparently there, there are 25 Bond films. I kind of looked it up. You can actually, I don't know if you still can, but I know at some point earlier this year, you could watch them all. Um from start to finish, but, uh, you know, and various different bond incarnations. So I'm just going to list, there's so many, you really can't pick one, but I'm going to list my favorites with each of the different bond people, okay. bond actors, but I might skip some, cause some of them, are like, right. And some of them, like there's one that I have not seen and I'm shocked. I have, I've never seen, for example, on her majesty's secret service, which I hear is a really, really? Oh yeah. You gotta check that out. George Lazen. I know. Yeah, I really do. So, so that one, that one is like an asterisk here because I've heard it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so so Sean Connery, right? The first, the first Bond. And I think my favorite. I mean, so you have Doctor No from Russia with Love. I'm going to list these off really quick. Goldfinger, because uh, I have a little thing. Thunderball, Thunderball. I'll, I'll stop when I hate my favorites. Thunderball, I think, is my favorite Sean Connery one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they kind of redid it. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I think they, the they original percent we did it. it you, huh? do, do you know the story behind that? I think it was the contract issue. Right? Never right. say never again mm-hmm. was the remake. Yes, yep. mm-hmm. but Thunderball, the original Thunderball, because I feel like that's where they introduced Felix Leiter, right? Uh, no, Felix is in there from oh, the beginning. Yeah, yeah, he's around in the beginning. Okay, but um, I, I feel like he had a big role. Felix Leiter did. It has a fantastic underwater mm-hmm. fight scene. Yep, Thunderball. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I liked it. Oh, great uh, movie. No, yeah, I'm I'm with you so far. You, you haven't lost me yet. <laughs> I'm going to skip number five because of cultural appropriation. Okay. But then after that, is, then that was his last one, which is weird. But, uh, and you can look it up, guys. Uh, on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which I did not, I've not seen and I should. That's from 1969. That's why it boggles mm-hmm. my mind. Is like, because when I saw these, I'm not that old, but I saw these in the 70s. You know, they were like, you know, syndicated and on TV or, or whatever when they'd have like James Bond festivals at the movies. Cause they used to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I feel like, like Alamo Drafthouse still does like little festivals with the main movie theaters. I don't know if you remember, but they would always do like, like sci-fi movies or, or cartoon movies. That's where I saw like Wizards and the right. Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. right? Back-to-back double feature. That's where my mom took me to see Alien and Zardoz. It's a great combo. <laughs> my mom was shocked by both. <laughs> so, which, but it was actually, she did comment and she's always commented, Everyone, I took you to see that alien, that horrible alien movie. I mean, horrible, not that it was bad, but it was mm-hmm. scary. Because it's a good thing we had that other movie, Zardoz, after, because that was kind of funny. Or she felt silly, right? right. Oh, that wasn't Diamonds Are Forever. So, that's, so how did that happen? That you still have a Sean Connery movie after. Um... Right, because the Lazenby thing, Lazenby was there once, but it, it didn't do as well as they wanted to do. And they wanted Connery back. Everybody wanted Connery back. So he came back for Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah. And. You know that happened, and, and and you know it's it's not his best movie. Um, no, I think Thunderball is. I mean, even I'd even watch like Doctor No again, just before honestly yeah, but, Ursula, Ursula Andress and Donya and Trees. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. from Russia with Love might be my favorite oh, honorary okay. Bond. It's a, it's a much it's a more serious take. They started to get 
a little sillier after that. You got more of the gadgets. You have some gadgets in there, down to earth gadgets. Yeah. But once we hit Goldfinger and Thunderball, and, and then we get in the others, and we get it, it gets silly. By the time we hit Diamonds or Forever, we're we're definitely in silly territory, and that follows all the way through the all the Roger Moore, which is the next. Yeah, I feel like the generation. Roger Moore a little yeah. campier, right? Yeah, they're a lot more campy. Yeah. And then the focus is really on who is who is not who's not playing Bond. It's who's his who's the number one Bond girl. Well, well, yeah, the Bond girl, and then and then also to some degree the villain, right? But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but no, you're right. Yeah, because I mean, and by the time we get to the end of his run, so he has a long run. Yeah, and, live and let die. Mm-hmm. And now we're in like the seventies, so you know. Yeah, that's seventy three. They all have yeah. bell bottoms. Um, yeah. So, live and let die, which has a great, I think, best, the best uh, Bond song in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I like it, it, it's a great song. I I don't know if it's the best song, but. That's a hard, oh. It's a hard pick. Oh, you like you prefer the 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 last one, the Adele, the one that won the Grammy. <laughs> the I, I I like some some of the earlier stuff to be honest. Yeah, the but, Man with the Golden Gun. Yeah, um, they're cranking these out like every two two or three years. Two or three. Spy years, who, yeah. Isn't Spy Who Loved Me? I feel like from Rush with Love again. That yeah, that's kind of like from Rush with Love. So the, the Robert Bach as the as the yes. lead. Yep, yep, yep. That was, I like that one a lot. That Jaws, Moonraker I thought Jaws was really fun. In there. Yep. Moonraker is really fun. Yep. And that's that's almost my favorite, my favorite one. Um, I think my favorite, my favorite. Uh, for for Roger the next Moore. one is. Yeah, the next one is for your eyes only. That's my favorite. That's a more. That's as, maybe his more serious role. The most serious yeah. role. Oh, that, oh yeah, that has a great. I like that because it has a great like. That that place that the, they, they climb the mountain. Yeah, the area they have the the they have to get on the yeah. top of the mountain to attack. Didn't it. they use that same same location in uh, the latest? Uh, the shoe, the guys who wear the suits, the oh, the Kingsman the thing, yeah, the the which one call it? Oh no, Wait, which one are you thinking of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it was right. Kingsman. Kingsman. What, they climbed this thing where there were goats on the top, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel I like very similar similar location, maybe in the same yeah. like geographical area. But yeah, that was a great. Mm-hmm. That was some great scenes there. But I actually I think Octopus is my favorite. That's one I that's remember the most. That's one I need to revisit. So I've got all these on Blu-ray. Um, oh, do you? Yeah, I, I do. They they did a Blu-ray set at the beginning of the Daniel Craig era, and I picked that up. That has all the old, you know, everything before that. And mm-hmm. but I need to revisit Octopus. I don't think I've seen that in probably in at least twenty years. Yeah, Maud Adams, right? The uh... yeah, Maud Adams is Octopusy. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's great. Um, and then it's it's a. I think it's a really in that one. I feel like where a lot of these are against. There's some point where it goes from like fighting, like the evil, uh, t- the evil like uh, cult group like Spectre, mm-hmm. to like Cold War stuff, right? Right. Like there's, you know, I think that's what kind of shifts in the Roger Moore era, right? Is like you have you're you're with you're teamed up or fighting against Russians, even Octopussy, so exiled Afghan, totally pertinent to the time, right? That's mm-hmm. 1983, so right at the height of the the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan. Right. Afghan prince teaming up with Soviets, blah blah blah. So yeah, very, very. And then View to a Kill, I think was that his last one. Yeah, View to a Kill was his last yeah. one. Yeah, that that's the one where um, Rucker Howard's the bad guy. Yeah, I remember yeah. right. I think Grace um, Jones is. In that or, or no, I'm I'm sorry, that's not Rucker Howard. Um, Max Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. That's who I'm picking up. Yeah, yeah. But and, but and is, is he Grace in that Jones one? Is in that one? That, no, but he's not in that one. Hold on. Oh, I clicked on the wrong one. Duh. Never mind. No, Chris. <laughs> you're right. Chris, you're right. I my brain's saying yes, and I'm I clicked on the wrong link on Wikipedia's. We're going through. Yeah, like, that doesn't look right. 
No, yeah, yeah I feel well, like well, yeah, because because of, of you don't kills, you know, that's got one of the better songs. Let's be. Oh honest. yeah, yeah, the Duran Duran song. Yeah, and, and we. It's have so Tanya funny Roberts. how we like thinking about. We, I mean, really, Bond is really ingrained into our our yeah. kind of psyche, right? If you like that mm-hmm. kind of action adventure movie, and it's you know, it's, it's like who's the Bond? Who are the who's the the lead Bond girl? Um, what kind of song? What's the song? You know, the beginning of the weird mm-hmm. dancing naked women or exploding naked women. Yeah. You know, the well, well, original the Dr. No theme that yep. comes throughout. Mm-hmm. Right. I think they were, were they the first ones to have this kind of weird like intro? I don't know. That, and then they that, start the main movie. That's right? a good question. That is a good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. I, I don't yeah. think so. Um, but Probably they definitely not, made it's it. Very, it's very iconic, right? In the yeah. Bond film. There's like a, a, set, a scene that either sometimes it's not related sometimes it is related mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah that opening that little opening clip the but, opening yeah. clip yeah definitely yeah, I, you know honestly the the timothy dalton and Piers rosin kind of i don't know anything i anything i think dalton i think dalton did better than people give him credit for the living daylights is a, I, I like the living daylights quite and then the license to kill after that license one. to kill wasn't as although license to kill really it's almost like it wasn't time yet because License Kills that grittier bond off yeah, the leash. Yeah, it starts a gritty, like a more it's gritty. It's more bond. like a like a um, what's his name, uh, Craig. Um, Craig, yeah. Daniel Craig movie, but it was done earlier and people weren't ready for it. No, no, they still wanted the. They still were looking for like campy, mm-hmm. you know, Roger Moore. Roger right. Moore, bond. And, and then you get Pierce Brosnan, who of course came Goes from back TV, to right? And huh? well, you get Pierce Brosnan who came from TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, because Pierce Brosnan had played a spy before, if if you remember, right? In in TV. Well, so did I mean? So did Roger Moore in the same. Oh yeah, place. yeah. Roger Moore was the same. Yeah, definitely. Timothy so, Dalton. Uh, Timothy Dalton. I think the only thing I remember him from is a, uh, you know, Baron something or other. Oh, Flash Gordon. Prince, no, Prince from <laughs> yeah. Prince whatever from Flash Gordon. Yeah, Prince of Arden from Flash Gordon. <laughs> he's in some other. He's in the Rocketeer. I, he's he's yeah, in yeah, some yeah. other things, right? Um, well, well, he's in. He's been in some good things lately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In more recent times. But oh, for yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Like the uh, the Mamma Mia. Scene. Is that him? No. Is that Pierce Brosnan or Timothy Dalton? Uh, they look the same to me. Not, I, I, I apologize, but they look the same. To me. Okay. They, I, they've both been in. Um, or no, I don't know. If Pierce Brosnan is. Timothy Dalton was in one of the the um, dude, not Shaun of the Dead, but one of the um, one oh, of those he? movies. Um, it, what, shit, I'll, I'll find it here in a minute, but. Yeah, but Pierce Brosnan had been in Remington Steel TV show, and everybody's oh, like, right, oh, right. he should be James Bond. And then, be, you know, he all of a sudden becomes James Bond, right? Yeah, that's um, funny. And, and he wasn't a bad choice at all. I th- I think he... Pierce Brosnan? He, no, he wasn't that bad. He was. He definitely had more serious, right? Like serious. Yeah, the movies aren't the best Bond movies. I think he was a good Bond, but I don't think he. the movies are very good. No, I mean, although Tomorrow Never Dies, interestingly, has Michelle Yeoh as... Yes. You know. it, no, it's got some great people in there. I, I think they just kind of, I don't know. Yeah, world think. is not enough. Mm-hmm. After that, yeah. What, what I was saying, Pierce Brosnan or and Timothy Dalton are both they're in Edgar Wright things because Pierce Brosnan is in The World's End, and yeah. isn't Timothy Dalton in Hot Fuzz? I'm pretty sure he is. Yeah, he is. Oh so, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I know Pierce Brosnan was in World's End. Yeah, and Timothy Dalton. Die another, die another day. I don't know. Wasn't that really? That was kind of like yeah. yeah that, that was all the weird great. ice stuff. I mean, it had some neat stuff, neat ideas in there, but it, yeah, it wasn't that great. It needed a reboot, right? And right. And, and then we get the the most radical reboot of all the Bond is when yes, we hit the Daniel Craig, Craig era. Yeah, I I think people like give Craig a lot of 
crap for his Bond portrayal, but I, yeah, I, like I do. It. I think it's more contemporary and modern. I mean, yeah. like, I guess in this little list that I'm saying is like someone, someone says like right off the bat, his Casino Royale is like the perfect Bond film. I don't know about that, but but that's what the reviewer on this little list that I'm looking at is with Casino Royale, and that, but that's like again, you know, like a very contained story, and then it, you know, and then Vesper Lind is mm-hmm. sorry, spoiler, mm-hmm. is killed. His love interest is killed, um, and that kind of, but that kind of sets the tone for the the whole series in a way, you know. And Quantum of Solace is interesting to me because I think I think uh, uh, the bad guy, right? Is that the one in the desert? Yeah, well, there's a, they're, they're in the it's desert. Matthew Homer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and Skyfall. Skyfall was pretty, was different, but pretty tough. I think it's like a lot of, right? Yeah. So it um, Skyfall was I Skyfall was was considered better. Yeah, it, it was decent. I'm not a huge fan of of, of the Craig Bonds, to be honest, but I, I think to, well, Javier Bardem was a bad guy. In that. Yeah, and 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 I like him. He, he he's good. And then yeah. I had the Adele song that I guess won awards too. Mm-hmm. Right. Ray Ray Fines, Naomi Harris was in it. Right. And then uh, Spe- I I really don't remember Spectre. I might I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh really? Spectre one. Where it yeah, picks up yeah. when Skyfall ends, he pursues yeah. That, that's what introduces Christopher Waltz to the series. Oh right, but then yeah, that's right, that's right. And but then um, not, not the next, to... oh, now I remember it because mm-hmm. because the opening scene is amazing. The Mexico yeah. train yeah, got... opening scene. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I mean, I think I'm I've never cried in a Bond film, but No Time to Die did make me cry. I'm already getting weepy thinking about it. That one was good. If you have not seen No Time to Die, it's a great, you know. Craig's like, I'm done. Let's make it spectacular. I think they made it spectacular. You know, that one. No time to do that. I probably would want to watch it again. That's a tough, it's a tough one. It's really good. It's a really good, uh, good film. A lot of action in that one too. A lot of good, good little, like the, I think they, they really do a good job. I mean, not in every film, but in, in film to film, they also do really good. With like these chase scenes, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's a really good chase scene, the Mexico City opening in, in, a, in um, Spectre. And then this, the one that takes place here in you No know, Time to Die in, in whatever Greek island they're on um, is really, really neat. Right? Well, well, that, someone, someone mentioned Ronin, for example. In, mm-hmm. uh, right. So yeah. Ronin has a great chase scene on one of those Greek islands, too. Those are perfect for those. Right. Or Italian or Greek, Mediterranean island. Yeah. That, so that's one thing. When we think of the Bond th- films, some of the things are famous for exotic locales, going to exotic right. locales. We have good action, you know, especially earlier on. You have a lot of practical effects. Of course, some CGI has been coming, you know, in the later films for safety reasons, other reasons. But but good effects, good stunts. Stunts have always been a hallmark of the Bond films, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and and I think they deliver in that action spy kind of thing. You know, yeah, they do. They definitely really do. do. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I think like it does kind of var- it varies whether it's sort of spy, you know, spy type of things where you're dealing with like this specter this evil mm-hmm. old, you know oligarch type or organization or you're dealing with like you know cold war era or you know country versus country so espionage you know country versus country thing you know right. it varies i think and so i wonder what they're gonna i don't know what they're gonna do now I don't know. It, it, it's a shame that it, it's a shame i think it's too late to bring in it or i think he's too getting too old now 
which is yeah. a shame because Idris Elba would have been the perfect Bond. Yeah, I mean, and I the think perfect he, Bond. And they introduced uh, Lashana Lynch. I like her a, a lot. I liked her a lot in double, the Double O Seven. Like, yeah, right. As the, the getting the inheriting the name, but I think I mean you have like a you have like a lot of conniptions and strokes happen. Uh, it's time. I, I I wouldn't have any problem with that. I I, I liked, wouldn't care either. I, I like I mean, her a lot, especially since they introduced it already, good. right? They introduced her as double, a 007 already. Mm -hmm. I I think the one mistake they made, and I was saying this back years ago, but I think the mistake they made is not only should 007 been an assign assigned thing, James Bond, the name should have been assigned. So when you get that rank, you're assigned the name James Bond. Right. So you know, yeah, whether you're male or female, name. Name. right? Cool. That's just yeah. your code name. Right. Right. Or it could be even J Bond. It's you know James, right. James, mm -hmm. Jane, whatever. Yeah, but that would that Great would give idea. you the the because there's a so the Craig movies are kind of a reboot, right? But when we look right. at the other movies, they're they're really kind of you have kind of soft reboots as you change the lead actor, but they're yeah. kind of in the same continuity roughly. Mm -hmm. You you know right. what I mean? And if you had had the name be transferred as a code name, James Bond being a code name, it, it would have worked. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they all work anyway. They're they're you can these are popcorn movies. You sit down, you watch them, you enjoy them. They're you know yeah yeah. But some are more sophisticated than others. Some are more right. some cerebral silly. or emotional <laughs> than others. Right? Yeah, yeah. And now you talk about the emotion stuff. So Warner Warner Majesty's Secret Service hits those emotional bonds. I mean, mind you, it's a '60s movie, so obviously yeah. it's a little different than watching the modern movie, but. Definitely check that out. It is one of the better entries. I thought it's one of the Dalton movies, he, it's like a full-on hell-bent for revenge because they break up. Yes, that's licensed to, licensed licensed to kill. kill. Yeah. So, yeah, but you're right. That's why that one was like, oh, you know, I think that one is like early end of the Cold War, happy Clinton mm -hmm. days. Why are we doing this so so angry? Right. right. Well, well, because he, he leaves, he goes after a terrorist because something happens early in that movie. I won't ruin it. But yeah. and, and he decides he leaves the service to get revenge against this terrorist. Right, what right. happens? Yeah, and then like the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So it's, that's cool. No, these are these are great movies. Highly recommend. I don't, have you ever read any of the books? Uh, I think I read. What's the first? I think I read Casino Royale. That that yeah, that was the first book. Yeah, I guess his first book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so. yeah. So I've read all all the books now, and the books are definitely dated. Okay. Yep. Yeah, they're. You, you know, not excusing things. They're products of their time, right? So, I mean, it's just what it is. But, the, and the books are written, you get definitely get that travelogue part. You, you know, it's definitely Ian Fleming talking about, you know, we're, we're going here and we're going there and we're going to check this out and this is the kind yeah. of food we ate and that kind of thing. But, you know, he was in the service. Now, he wasn't a, a serious spy like the, like, um, I, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, so I'm not going to say it, but the, the author of Tinker Taylor, Soldier Spy. Uh, but Fleming was in the sir, you know, he wasn't in, in, in the service. He was a spy. So MI6 or, was he my six or my five? I have to go back and look. Um, but so he, but he had some background, and and so you have that. And Bond is a much crueler. He's much more like like Daniel Craig in Casino Royale or the early Sean Connery, like in Doctor No, a much harder right. edge in, yeah. in the yeah. books than he is in the movies. Um, mm -hmm. He was in, he worked in Britain's naval intelligence. Okay. Um, Yes, I mean he had some intelligence background, Ian Fleming, and and, and the books, like I say, the the books are what they are, but they're definitely, you know, I enjoyed them. I haven't revisited them for like probably thirty years, so I, you know, I haven't read them recently. Mm, but um, there's a series if you find, I think Diamond Dynamite Comics or Diamond Comics, 
but you can find, and I think they're on Kindle Unlimited. If you have Kindle Unlimited, there's a series of com- of basically they took the Ian Fleming novels and did them as comic books. Oh, that's cool. And, and and I'm pretty sure they're they're on Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, it, at least in the U.S., you can go and and for free read these comic book versions. You know where they take the novel and just do it as a comic book. And so th- so that's kind of cool if if you're interested in that. Um, that might be worth checking out. Um, so, but yeah, th- I, th- I think these are two great things. I, I would definitely, if you ever decide you want to try to run, do, do a, a mini campaign or do something with Mark 2000. Yeah, it might be cool. I mean, me it know. might be an easier system, right? Just, just on a stomach. Is, there might be an easier system to wrap uh, head around than like Millennium's End, even though Millennium's End is like a percentile mm-hmm. that the only weird thing about twilight i was looking at the combat so like a uh, initiative it's, it's actually pretty simple d6 and then you add or subtract depending on what your career was like for example your special forces you had a, a one mm-hmm. the high is 30 second round the highest is six so then it goes like in phases each phase is about i guess five seconds if it's 30 second round right and then mm-hmm. if you if you roll the six you go in six if you rolled, you know, and then you go down. If, so if you roll the six, you go in every phase. And then depending on when you roll, where you roll, that's when you go in, how many passes you have in the okay. combat round. So mm-hmm. I remember combat taking a little bit of time because you have all mm-hmm. these passes in a 30 second. You're kind of like how, in a way, like hero system, how that does it. Mm-hmm. Like phases, And and that took up people a lot of a little bit. But but the the cool thing to me is that they're very it's very strict one of the few systems that's very strict about what you can do in your five seconds mm. right so mm-hmm. like even talking talking takes up your five seconds you get penalties if you're like shooting and trying to give orders right so stuff like that like you'll right. you'll, you'll get it go up and down on the difficulty track depending mm-hmm. on what you want to do during your phase so so you know interesting yeah. And of course, it's something that you will you would hate is like a death spiral, because mm-hmm. once you start getting injured, you start losing. Right. Know, things get harder. You start losing your your initiative. Right. Um, stuff like that. So yeah, but that's but, why I like that that last ambush was pretty deadly because you once some people are getting shot, they're like, oh man, we're not now we're lo- now we're on the receiving end of all this stuff. But uh, but it does have I think another cool thing it did have in combat, which is why. It, it did feel like a realistic combat, much like you know, like um, the uh, the cyberpunk system. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did add some like battlefield conditions. It had like it separated, for example, um, also, um, you know, like like damage from bullets and shrapnel versus concussive damage. Mm-hmm. Right? So like I even <laughs> like I remember one. This always stands out to me. They're trying to stop stop an opium ring somewhere in the Middle East. Or break up an opium, you know, facility in the Middle East, and the the bad guys somehow had an old like T fifty two or or something like that, an old like you know Soviet fifties mm-hmm. tank like World War two probably T thirty T thirty to fifty two, not the not a newer one, and then like the uh, the tank like the guys the guy saw the tank, one of the players saw the tank, and like oh crap, and like ducked and got behind cover, but then when the tank fired. Right, the concussive shock, of the firing, because he's right there with no protection, like just kind of dazed him. And then the, the rules mirrored that, which I thought right. was really cool. So he was like all 
he didn't, you know, he wasn't, he was like a little shell shocked because of the boom and no, you know, and no, no protective area. Right. Mm-hmm. So fortunately it was undercover and they couldn't like shoot him with the machine gun on it. But, but, uh, but it was good. It, it was fun. You could do, I feel like scenes like that come alive, like scenes that you had in, in a wild geese, for example, right. Mm-hmm. Could, would come alive in, in this type of game. You know, and you really tried to, to mirror that, you know, and now you're gonna have to come up. Well, I guess you could fall back on Twilight 2000. But if if I if I do a a, a month for war movies, war movies slash any war movies, then you, you you have to come up with a different game for that one. You can't use the same game. I could use Twilight 2000 Fourth Edition. Yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> but so, Carl, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to talk about Bond and and a game that I really had a lot of fun times with. Well, yeah, me. it sounds like it. Yeah. He has a, a killer GM. There you go. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for ending the year with me. This is the last show of the year. I really, really appreciate your joining me for that. Hopefully 2023 is going to be a better year than 2022. Yeah. And hopefully uh, no broken bones. Yeah. Yep. Carl's were cut on the mend. And um, so onward and upward. But thank you very much. I, and I'll talk to you soon. You take care. Yeah, talk to you soon. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone? Well, maybe it's your auntie or a joke by your spouse, but the operator screaming is coming from inside the house. Hey, Jason, just getting finished listening to your latest episode where you and Daniel talk about Top Secret. And I got to say, the last two episodes, the one with Daniel and the one with Jay, have been amazing, man. It's so awesome to hear people talk about something they're passionate about in a passionate, energetic, vigorous way. You know, you could tell from both Jay and Daniel that they really, really liked the games they were talking about. And to touch on something Daniel said towards the end about getting groups to play new games he's right you know if you present a new game to a group and you're like dude this game is awesome it's going to be so much fun here i got some character sheets for you here you go like and as daniel said that you do most of the work when you're first presenting it to them it's not all that hard to get players to play new games you know i've gotten my group to play a bunch of games because i i use that method and it's just been awesome man awesome job to you jason for getting them on awesome jobs to che and daniel for being pumped up and talking about cool stuff anyway man talk to you soon peace out that of course was joe of the hindsightless podcast thank you for the kind words joe really appreciate it and you're right if you get everything together and ready to go, at least the groups I play with, most are very willing to, to hop in and give it a shot. So Now, you mentioned Daniel of the Bandits Keep Media Empire, and when you mention Daniel's name, you know what happens. Hey, Jason. Daniel from Bandits Keep calling in about your, well, part one of your, <laughs> I've listened to the second part yet, um, of the episode on espionage with, uh, but as far as Dekidron Joe, I think it's super interesting that he feels like things like James Bond aren't espionage. I mean, I know that in order to create the fiction there, he's going after these guys or whatever, these organizations, but I think they're really meant to be organizations that are 
like the CIA and things like that that are part of countries that just unnamed countries. So while it isn't explicit, I think that's the intent, but I guess that's just how I look at it. But really what caught me was I'm excited to hear you on his show uh, talking about how Boot Hill is an RPG. I think it's really interesting that he says it's not because it depends on how you define what an RPG is, right? Or, you know, what it is. I was just listening to Roleplay Rescue, the episode that you referred me to, and they were talking about the idea of the, what makes an RPG an RPG is the the person playing, taking on a role of a character, an individual character, and kind of living inside their head, making the decisions as that character. And I think we do that in Boot Hill. You make individual characters, you make choices based on what those characters would do. Even if you don't do the chatty chat roleplay stuff, you're still making choices. So, yeah, really interesting. Can't wait for that episode. And remember, folks, if you sent a call in to Jason and you haven't heard it on this episode, have no fear. It will appear. Colin, thank you for giving me that message. I really appreciate it. That, of course, is Colin Green of the Spike Pit Podcast and YouTube channel who, give, who gave me that little warning there for folks that have sent a message but haven't heard it yet. Um, Daniel... I am looking forward to being on the Decaheter and RPG podcast to discuss what is an RPG. You know, is an RPG different from a fantasy adventure game? You know, what do we need element-wise? Do you need to control individual characters? Do you need a randomizer? Do you need to have player agency? You know, what things do we need? So that's going to be a fun discussion. I'll let you know when that episode has been recorded and when it comes out. I'll Definitely have a link in my show notes, and I'll mention it in my show when it comes out. 2022, this is the last episode of the year. I've had a pretty good year as far as the podcast goes, as far as gaming goes. Um, I've appreciated everybody that's called in, interacted with me, that I've got to come on the show and join me on the show. I've really enjoyed the games i played this year, both the games as a player and the games I've run as a GM. Hopefully 2023 will be an even better year as far as the podcast and as far as gaming goes. I'm looking forward to BSRCon next month. There's a link in the show notes. It's an online convention, so if you're free that weekend, then sign up. There are games available as of this recording. I'm also looking forward to DaveCon in April. There's a link to that in the show notes. And then I don't have a link in the show notes yet, but I'm looking forward to GrogCon which will be in the very last weekend of September, beginning of October, down in Orlando, Florida. Those are the conventions and things that I'm doing. I'll probably do some more online conventions next year that you know I just don't know about yet. If you have any comments about anything you've heard today, all the contact information for me is in the show notes. There's a speak pipe, a voicemail for folk, a Google Voice number. You can leave voicemail at for people in the U.S., there's an email address. You can go to the Anchor website, leave a message there. You can find me on a Discord. I love playing your calls. I look forward to playing any calls you send in or reading any messages you send me. Again, I want to thank Carl for joining me. I had a lot of fun talking to him. I want to thank Daniel and Joe for calling in. And I want to thank Ray Otis, as always, for the Coffee Cup Clip Art, TJ Drennan for the wonderful music, and last but not least, for the last time this year, I'm going to ask you to be excellent to each other. Who's on the phone? Who's on the phone?
maybe it's your auntie or a joker by your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I better shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the gold. Well, the butcher is a dustman and your moil is by a tipper, and I'm assuming that's your partner back there in the wood chipper. Don't look away. Rising and the world's gone to hell. We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck.